Greetings! I am Erin Patton, metaphysical master in a millennial age, and it is my life's purpose to guide you and organizations along an enlightened path. So I invite you to sit comfortably and tune in as I welcome you to the Meta Business Millennial, where we get the real conversations you won't get in the boardroom so that we understand this is exactly the path we need to be on in order to grow, evolve, and thrive. Greetings, I'm Erin Patton, also known as Master L, and welcome to the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. It is a beautiful Meta Monday, and also the day after the Super Bowl. So I know a lot of you are maybe recovering from Super Bowl, or maybe you didn't even watch it. Wherever you stand on it, you know, I was able to catch the Super Bowl, and I really enjoyed it. I know there's been a lot of critiques, especially about the halftime show, and maybe I'm just a little bit biased <laughs> um, because I definitely enjoyed tapping into Usher, um, seeing like the throwback Ludacris and Alicia Keys and Lil John and Jermaine Dupree. And so it was definitely for me an enjoyable experience and definitely the crowd that I was with, we really enjoyed ourselves. And big shout out to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for taking the title in overtime because I mean, it was definitely a close one, <laughs> but I mean, in typical fashion, you know, they wanted us to watch it a little bit longer and we did. We, we stayed tuned in for a long time for that game and um, had a good time. So I hope that um, wherever you were yesterday, you were with friends, you were enjoying yourself and, you know, making the best of, of a, a beautiful opportunity for a gathering. And, you know, also this past weekend, we were celebrating the Lunar New Year, and it is now the Year of the Dragon. And I have to speak to that because I am myself um, a very much a work, work with dragons, love dragons, and really call forth their support in everything that I do, in my work, in my personal life, um, with my family, and the year of the dragon is, is to me, is just like, this couldn't be a better um, year to have that uh, support from the dragon energy. Um, this is definitely a big year for business. Um, my business, and I believe for all businesses, that's why this episode of the, the podcast is really going to start getting into our businesses compatible with the future, our businesses future ready. Because with 2024 being the year of the dragon, um, dragon energy, just for those that want more context around dragon energy, dragons are particularly the dragons that come from source, come from benevolent beings, benevolent dragons are not only fierce and strong, but have massive compassion, open hearts, and they can move multidimensionally and at light speed, probably beyond light speed. And so when we're thinking about that dragon energy in our, in our work, that dragon energy in our careers, in our businesses, we're thinking about that, that streamlining, if you will, because you think about dragons, particularly water dragons, too, are very streamlined and fluid. And, and also 
are getting us directly to where we need to go with our businesses. And, you know, when I started this, um, this journey of my own meta business journey, you know, I really was moving from an intention of spirituality, infusing spirituality, uh, metaphysics, metaphysics, metaphysics. And now that I've been doing this for a few years and also just starting to integrate all that I was learning and gathering and training on the metaphysical side, it's really starting to align more directly with business. And I'm able to really see the impact that this work will have and is necessary for businesses to be future ready. And that's really future compatible, future ready. This is a new term that you know I'm, I'm coining, coming up with to really speak to businesses moving into the future and why the meta business method and the meta business practice is necessary for that. Because when we're looking at the three pillars, um, I love threes. Uh, threes are it's a, it's a perfect trifecta. Um, we're looking in business first of all at processes. Then we're going to look at business culture. And then the mindset of the people. So fundamentally, these three aspects of business has to change if it already isn't in process in order to be future ready, future compatible businesses. And just to also provide more context around why business done in the past is not compatible with the future, let's have a brief history lesson around business. And I've talked about this very a little bit in other podcasts, but today we're really going to deep dive into the history of it, the context of it, and then how we need to shift it to be future compatible, future ready. Because when you think about business and how business has been conducted globally in the past, let's say, uh, 500 years, and that's really not a long time when you think about the context of humanity, hundreds of thousands of years, and civilizations that we continue to just see among us. Humans have been here for a very long time, and we've been conducting business for a very long time. And I would say probably for thousands of years, leading up to this hundreds, few hundred years in the past, it's always been business around exploitation the exploitation of human assets, human labor, the exploitation of with, with violence, with war, and, um, and really looking at, at human beings particularly as dispendable, like widgets, if you will. And we have essentially carried forth this mindset, if you will, around how to treat humans in business, even till this day modern day. Hence why there still exists like slave shops and, you know, assembly lines and factory workers and things like this, like this still exists today. And oftentimes, you know, you hear snippets and not so often about companies that are using slave labor. So for example, like in the nineties, you know, Nike was heavily criticized for using, you know, cheap labor. And a lot of these, you know, fast fashion companies are also highly criticized for using very cheap labor, where literally factories are collapsing on human beings as they're working. So very much to this day, globally, this exploitive approach to business still very much exists. 
and a war-driven approach as well, where we find in violence in places, war in places to really drive market prices and or dip market prices so that people can be able to make more money betting against or betting for certain commodities or companies. And so this is a reality that I don't believe too many people are talking about or discussing. I mean, we see it in movies, like literally I was just watching the movie, the TV show Hijack on Apple TV. And that was with Idris Elba. And they had, you know, a hijacking of a plane to dip the price of the plane company so that the people betting against it or <laughs> could make, you know, trillions of dollars, a lot of money. And so they've had this entire operation for, you know, a business gain. And yes, of course, you're like, oh, Aaron, that's just a movie. That's just TV. Yet art very much, you know, reflects, if not mimics or tells a true narrative of what's happening in real life. And essentially, you know, looking at it on TV, you, you would call these people criminals, if you will. You call these people criminals. Yet in reality, this behavior is acceptable and actually um, supported. Politically, it's supported, <laughs> you know, commercially, you know, this is, this is essentially the modus operandi of business today. And fundamentally why I say business as we know it today is not compatible with the future because business as a means of harming individuals, as a means of exploiting individuals is essentially unsustainable. We are now in an age where we must and have to think about human beings. We have to think about the humaneness of being. We have to think about kindness. We have to think about compassion. We have to think about vulnerability. And not only think about it, we must embody it and we must practice it. And these are skills, if you will, that many of us do not have much experience with. We don't see it played out, especially at the highest levels of business. We don't really see it played out in our families and fundamentally in our relationships to ourselves. And so when we're thinking about how to build, create, sustain future businesses, businesses that are future ready, future compatible, the work first starts with the individual. And thus the individual then permeates and aggregates into the organization. So when we're thinking about us ourselves as individuals, we have to think about the energy and the emotions that we carry, particularly as leaders, whether we are sitting in the C-suite, whether we are the founders of the companies, this is essentially the work. And when we are more aware of how we show up, when we are more aware of the energies that we carry and when we are able to communicate that to the people who we work with very clearly, very openly, then that creates an environment, if you will, the culture for kindness, for compassion, for openness, for vulnerability. 
And then when you start to create that culture, then it is thus infused into the processes because the very people are creating the processes, upgrading them, evolving them the Kaizen way. And speaking of Kaizen, I, I as a student at Harvard, um, the Kennedy School actually took a trek to Japan that I went on. Um, this was in 2013. It was a phenomenal trip trek because we were able to go to the Toyota factory and actually observe the Kaizen practice. And it was so amazing. I have to just say, recalling that experience, because first of all, like I'm such like a, I like things in order. I like things clean and I take a lot of time in doing that. And when you, when you walk into this factory, um, because when I'm thinking back to like growing up in U.S. and seeing factories, especially car factories, you imagine like people really dirty and dusty and oil and bleh. And when I tell you this car factory was spotless, um, they're like even spotless to the point where even robots could like, you know, they have lines on the floor, like places you can't even walk. You know, you have, there's like a, you only can walk in this area and the machines and how they were coordinated with the cars and the processes by which this all was done is based on Kaizen. And the Kaizen essentially principle is about continuous improvement. And I love this. It actually like gives me goosies a little bit because continuous improvement essentially is the work that we do as individuals. In this organization, the Toyota organization was demonstrating it on a collective level of continuous improvement. And those improvements come from who? the individuals, the human beings that are actually working in the organization. And they're able to see what's failing, see what's not aligning, experience those tensions, if you will, communicate them, resolve them, and improve. And so this fundamentally is how we as individuals need to behave. And I can walk through that again observing the tensions within ourselves, the emotional tensions, the relational tensions, the, uh, the spiritual tensions, and work through them, observe them, work through them, notice them, and then come to a resolution around it in that working. And to give you an example, you know, thinking about um, just my own personal experience and feeling betrayal, which I spoke to before in business, having that feeling of betrayal, understanding where it's coming from, whether it's coming from a feeling of abandonment, a fear of abandonment, a fear of loss, of grief, and resolving that tension, exploring it within my own personal being, talking it out with mentors, even talking it out with my teammates, because we're all experiencing it together in our business, but the betrayal and then that starts to bring that energy to a resolution, to a, a, a homeostasis, if you will, that frequency of stability. And when you have that stability, then you're able to make improvements. Otherwise, there is no improvement when there is no stable st foundation. You can, you can talk about it, you can conjecture about it, you can theorize about it, but there actually cannot be growth unless there is a firm foundation from which to grow upon. So 
That's why when you're thinking and talking about continuous improvement and practicing continuous improvement, it has to first resolve those tensions. There is no improvement without resolution. And so when we're thinking about this on an emotional, energetic, individual level, then we can apply that same approach to the collective, the organizational level. And this is what creates the future-ready businesses. This is what creates businesses that are compatible for the future. When we're able to stop running every day, putting out fires like we're you know, emergency <laughs> workers and actually have a process that aligns with goals that actually create a higher outcome a process of resolving tensions, a process of creating resolutions, and then a process of improving and building upon those resolutions. So I then worked up the ladder. So it comes first from the mindset, then goes into the culture, and then that impacts the processes. And so I feel like in business, like how we've done it in the past, we always look at processes first. We're always wanna be very mechanical and technical in fixing things. And that comes from likely a very masculine approach. The masculine definitely is about problem solving, about jumping into action. That very much is the masculine energy and that is what dominates business today. And the, the piece that's the, the softer aspect, the mindset, really is more of a reflection of that uh, that feminine energy, if you will. The energy of, of, of stillness, the energy of, of reflection. And, you know, and that's what the feminine does. And so, um, so by very simply integrating a little bit more of these practices of attuning to the mindset, exploring tensions, exploring conflict with compassion and, and, and focus and intention, then that creates the opportunities for the shifting in the culture where everyone adopts this approach systematically. And there actually are, are meetings that are, are, are called to actually resolve tensions. <laughs> meetings that are specifically oriented towards this work so that there can be resolution systematically that then creates improvements vastly into processes. And when we're able to have more efficient and effective and less costly processes, then of course, you're going to see the effect on your bottom line. You're going to see the effect in your productivity. You're going to see the effect in your innovation and essentially the return on your investment in those very simple mindset shifts is innumerable. It's, it's exponential. It really starts to, to, to expand, you know, by magnitudes, orders of magnitude, because consciousness works that way. That's how consciousness works. It's not just a one for one. Consciousness is exponential growth. And I've demonstrated that several times on the podcast showing uh, Dr. David Hawkins' Map of Consciousness, which actually is a logarithmic scale of consciousness. So when you're working with log logarithmic scale, it's actually the number to the 10th power. So it's literally like an exponential 
growth and magnitude in your emotions, in your consciousness, the more you move up the, the, the scale of consciousness. So when you're actually applying that to business, orders of magnitude of consciousness improving in your people actually improves your business productivity, your business profitability by orders of magnitude. And that's actually what gets you ready for future business. The compatibility that I speak to, that's fundamentally how it works and how it starts. And and I'm really having a a lot of fun breaking this down because um, I myself am integrating these processes in my own business um, using a practice called holacracy, which is a very, um, if you will, systematic approach to resolving tensions in business, structuring meetings for convenings, and really creating an environment where everyone is self-managed. Self-management. And it's interesting because I went to Harvard Business School, uh, School of Management, uh, where uh, you know the Masters of Business Administration is really about creating uh, the new future managers. Of, and when you're thinking about, too, business in the past, Managers did what? Looked after people. How many people are under you? Report to you. How do you how do you you know motivate them to action? Well, in the future, everyone is self motivated. The manager's role, in many ways, doesn't isn't responsible for just looking after the people kind of like, you know, and this is probably not the best (laughs) example, but it's given me like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, like vibes in the field, like slavery where people are like on the horse, like looking after all the people working in the field. Like it gives me that energy, that manager, like making sure everyone's doing their job. That's very antiquated. And essentially, the fact that we still do that today, it does everyone a disservice. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of time. We, as conscious human beings, can definitely manage ourselves. So this system of holacracy is really designed to really uh, create the space and environment for that self-management, for roles and responsibilities to be explicitly stated. And there's boundaries to make sure that people aren't overstepping and, and, and overlapping. And that also is a huge issue, and especially in larger corporations, is double work, people doing the same thing at the same time, and then not having the communication to resolve some of that double work because people aren't speaking cross-departmentally. So there's a lot of inefficiencies in the current ways that we do business. The inefficiencies essentially make them unsustainable and not compatible with the future. So essentially, when we're creating and implementing new systems that enable more clear communication, more clarity of roles and responsibilities, more abilities to manage ourselves, then we have higher outcomes, more productivity, more profitability, a bigger bottom line. (laughs) And that's all that people be caring about in business. What's my ROI? (laughs) what's my bottom line saying? And in this work, I want to say that, yes, the bottom line is going to improve 
And I like to think about double, triple bottom lines. What else is improving in your organization? The culture's improving in the organization. That's the second bottom line. The mindset in the organization is that's the third bottom line. That's why I call it triple bottom line because your processes have improved your profitability, your culture has improved the state of being and wellness and pleasurable experience at the organization. People actually love to work for you and work with you. And then the third piece, the mindset, is that people are actually bringing their full self and not only bringing in their full self, but doing it without burning out, without feeling stressed out, without feeling overworked, without feeling stepped on and crushed. Like how many times do you hear that? I'm getting crushed at work. Soul crushing. It, I'm getting, it's, I'm killing it. Like these are the most, uh, you know, abusive kind of punitive words to use. And oftentimes reflect how we really feel. <laughs> Putting out fires every day. I'm getting crushed. And to be honest, like coming from the business background that I came from, those were kind of badges of honor. Like I actually felt like I was, you know, that felt good to say I'm getting crushed. Like it was something like to brag about. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? And that's just not sustainable. And also not how we're going to be able to do business in the future. Fundamentally, we can't keep getting crushed. It's going to kill us, literally. And kill our businesses. If we're dead, there's no business. And that's fundamentally what we also have seen in the past with businesses. How many CEOs, how many leaders by the time they're 50, 60 have cancer or, um, you know, strokes or heart attacks, massive heart attacks? triple bypasses. You know, I've experienced this in my own family. My dad was like that. He had multiple heart attacks, um, all kinds of stressors because the workload was so intense and he was in the medical field. So this extends across industries. This is not just business as we know it. These are doctors that experience this crushing work, these crushing experience, teachers, education world. Um, people who are in HR, human, like it doesn't matter where you sit in industries of business, the cultures are all reflecting the same crushing energy. And this is not sustainable. So, you know, I'm really feeling like um, complete in this, in this channel around how we can move more, more intentionally, more powerfully into the future by really anchoring in to shifting our mindsets around how we ourselves resolve tension and improve, then really sharing that mindset with our peers and our colleagues so it creates a more cultural expression of, of tensions, of conflicts, so there's more resolution and collective improvement so that we can get to processes that are higher, that are more efficient, that are more profitable for the organization. And, and that's really, you know, how we're going to make ourselves future ready, future compatible, and having really the, the performance that we've never experienced before in history, never experienced. We'll be the first trillionaires and, and comfortably trillionaires, not stressfully trillionaires. And so I hope that whoever's listening to this out here, you share this message with a friend, you drop a comment down there for me so I can hear how, how this resonates with you. 
Um, of course, follow me across social media channels at I am Erin Patton. Also, the Meta Business Millennial Podcast has its own platform. So definitely follow that and tap into me. Tap into the Meta Business world at www.erinpatton.com. Learn more about our offerings and how we can get you and your organization to higher levels of operating, higher profitability by shifting very fundamentally the mindsets and the cultures of your organization, getting you to that big vision. And the offerings look like this. There's a VIP day where there's a, a big active activation for your organization, and that can be um, uh, then moved into our vision and values offering, our strategy offering that really helps to get at the processes, the vision for your organization, and then that's also working through our um, our meta coaching. So the one-on-one -on -one coaching with leaderships and our facilitators to really get you and your business to the next level, pleasurably, compassionately, kindly to yourself and to all those who you work with. So I thank you so much for tuning in. See you guys next time on the Meta Business Millennial Podcast. I love you all. Peace. Did you really love this episode of the Meta Business Millennial Podcast? Well, I am honored and I appreciate you subscribing, leaving a review and sharing it with your friends because your feedback allows us to co-create more enlightened conversations. And if you're interested in growing your soul now, head over to my website, erinpatton.com to find all the show notes, links, and free resources to get your energy activated today. In the meantime, Stay bright, my friends. Much love and light. Peace.